0: Hello, you're listening to Speak Up Podcasts, a podcast initiative by Isaac in Malaysia, one of the country's largest youth organizations. Here, we involve youth in Malaysia and beyond in conversations about the United Nations global goal number four, quality education. This episode was recorded by our local committees during our Speak Up volunteer projects in the summer of 2020.
1: a member of speak up project i hope that everyone is doing well and always ensure your safety and hygiene in this current situation in this session we will be talking about the education system in malaysia and other countries so today we will have a special guest teacher punita so teacher would you like to introduce yourself okay sure uh hi
2: all my name is punita sudramaniam i'm teaching in uh, smk sentence convent kulim so this is my second placement uh, initially i was working in smk gulao sick uh, so for the past uh so for the past three years in class i was teaching there and then recently i got placement in uh, smk sentence convent so i've been uh, in teaching field uh, for almost five years that's all
1: okay thank you teacher so we will have another Guest, which is P, one of the virtual volunteers of Speak Up Project. P, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Hi, good evening, everyone. So, my name is uh, Diwa Garan. I'm currently a second year law student in the University of Utara Malaysia, living in Jitra Kedah. So, I am a virtual volunteer for Isaac Speak Up Project, and yesterday was officially the end of our project. So, yeah, that's it.
1: That's about me. Okay. Thank you Dee and also teacher Punita for your sharing. Without further ado, we will start to share our opinions and thoughts in this session. The main objective of this sharing is to create a better understanding and awareness of current education in Malaysia to the audience and what are the changes in education system in this current COVID-19 period. So, let's start it. I would like to share my personal story at secondary school kickstart this sharing session. So back to my compile time, I have an English teacher who received a scholarship from JPN, and she studied in the UK. She came back to Malaysia and became an English teacher at my secondary school. So when I was a secondary school student, actually I didn't have much interest on English as my friends always spoke Chinese which is our mother tongue and i would use Bahasa malaysia when communicating with my malay or indian friends however my english teacher had actually changed my attitude towards english and she made me understand the importance of learning english and how attractive the learning path could be so i will share about her personality i can say that she's a passionate open-minded and a very well spoken teacher and how she teach english she will try to involve a lot of interactive activities when she is teaching English. For example, she will play an English movie. I still remember the movie is Divergent. And also she will try to involve a lot of interactive activities like Q&A during her class. So she actually helped me a lot in improving my English essay because actually I learned more vocabulary from the Q&A activity And also I can say that she enhanced my interest level towards English. So after my sharing, I would like to ask teacher, would you like to share a bit your experience as a teacher in school? And what does education mean to you? Okay, uh, so I'll answer that. uh,
2: Your second question first, what does education mean to me? Uh, So basically, I think education um, is a powerful tool uh, that one can use to change ourselves and also our life. And also we can change the, the life of others into something better. And uh, when you have good education, then I think uh, you can look at your life in different perspective. I think it is very important. And um, when you are educated well, you have more chances um, of being heard and also taken seriously by others. Uh, so uh, that will give you confidence to express yourself Um, and of course uh, we will have more chances of landing up uh, a good high paying job Um, Can you repeat your first question again? What uh, I can't remember
1: Uh, The first question is, uh, what is your experience as a teacher in school? Okay, my experience as a
2: teacher Okay i would like to share a uh, uh, compare two different scenarios because my first placement was in a rural school uh, so i've been you know uh, i faced a kind of lots of challenges because i was away from my family and i had hard time to actually uh, uh, to find a, a proper home to stay but then the teachers and also the students in rural schools are extremely affable towards me uh, but one common problems which I found among among themselves is uh, they actually couldn't communicate properly using English because if we look at their uh, background, they are from a very poor family. So the parents are usually like rubber tappers, fishermen, and most of them are actually jobless. So it's very hard for the for the students to actually you know buy books or stationaries or even to come to school so um, because most of them they have to like uh, do part-time jobs after school to actually support their family so they couldn't actually contribute much in education but then um, somehow you know when we when we have like workshop or anything or any like um Uh, seminars, you know, they always try to uh, give their full commitment. Uh, So that is one thing that I've noticed in rural school, but in my second, I mean like my current school, which I'm currently working now is actually located in the middle of city. So uh, the students are very much proficient in using language um, and uh, they don't have any um, hardships uh, or they don't have any struggles, you know, to use the language. So it's much uh, convenient and also easy for me to teach them, I mean like my current students, uh, the English language, compared to my previous school. Okay, so those are my experiences.
1: Okay, thank you teacher for sharing. How about Dee? would you like to share your experience as a student and what does education mean to you?
0: Well, um, my experience as a student uh i would like to start my experience as a secondary school student and how i basically i grew my passion towards english basically like comparing to what teacher said before about students coming from a very hard background i would say i am quite privileged in that term so i i feel quite bad for students who are who can't really afford you know good quality education and then that the resources that we are experiencing I really hope that one day maybe we can make it available for everyone to experience that same amount of resource, that same amount of information that we are getting. And yeah, growing up in secondary school, I learned English a lot through movies and cartoons and also books. I read a lot of books. And also when I was in high school, I was part of the debate team and I actually represented Kedah in two thousand. In 2000, uh, three years back, yeah, 2017, I represented Kedah in the National Debate Championship. And yeah, I, I, I actually had a lot of friends, even my families, we speak English amongst ourselves. So I guess that's how I grew my passion towards English. And then entering into university, I think English is very important in university, especially, you know, taking up law. I think uh, more or less we have to converse in English on a daily basis. So, yeah, I guess, I guess sometimes I do see, you know, the huge gap between people coming from a very underprivileged background and people like me who are quite privileged, who basically you can, you can say that we have everything at our fingertips. And I feel very, very sad, you know, seeing this situation because, yeah, education is supposed to be free. Education is supposed to be affordable for everyone, which is, you know, going into the second question. What does education basically mean to be? So I think education is something that we should not limit to you know uh, education as we know, like uh, going to school, taking up SPM and stuff. For me, education is much more wider than that. Even a normal craftsman, for example, a person you know, a person crafting uh, wooden furniture, they they need to engage in a certain level of education as well, for them in order for them to grow their business. Uh, in, a, in a much more bigger environment. So I guess education must be uh, inclusive so that everyone, no matter whatever field that field that they are in, even sportsmen or, you know, fishermen, they need to have a certain level of education because without it, they can't really thrive in a, in this evolving environment where everything requires new knowledges and the new knowledge will basically replace whatever skills or whatever craft that was uh, coming from the old eras. So I guess education is something very important, not only for those who are seeking, you know, a white collar job, but even those who are in the blue collar jobs or those who are, you know, craftsmen, uh, normal farmers they need a certain level of education. That doesn't mean that it has to come from a very conventional method. But I guess education is something very important, and it is something that we should cherish. And if possible, everyone uh, should work hand in hand to make education something you know available for everyone, especially in Asia. Yeah, I guess that's my opinion.
1: Okay, thank you, Dee. So that's an amazing opinion from you guys. So I would like to elaborate more. We know that education can be both formal and informal. Formal education happens when students are studying at school, Uh, tuition center, college or university that could receive a formal certificate or formal level of qualification after they complete their studies. So it is more uh, focusing on students' academic subject or theoretical concept. This means that students could learn science, mathematics, language and so on at school. On the other hand, what is informal education? Informal education focuses on youth or teenager development, exploration and experience. And teacher for informal education is not necessarily a person with a teaching license, but can be anyone's. And it is very essential to receive informal education as it teaches teenagers the way to interact or engage with people in the society. And it is very helpful for them as they can gain soft skills and learn to be independent. So next, I'll be sharing what are the challenges or issues in implementing virtual learning. So according to UNESCO, most governments around the world have temporarily closed educational institutions in an attempt to contain the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. These nationwide closures are impacting over 60% of the world's students' population. Several other countries have implemented localised closure impacting millions of additional learners. In Malaysia, schools were closed on 18 March, disrupting learning for 5 million students in pre, primary, and secondary school nationwide. To keep children learning, the Ministry of Education launched an online teaching and learning platform nationwide. However, inadequate equipment and unconducive environments make the adoption of home based e learning even harder for both teachers and students. Many students, especially at primary level, are still unfamiliar with digital technologies. For example, some students set up Google Classroom, uh, required, requiring assistance and guidance from adults, usually parents, and teachers. So findings from a survey by the Ministry of Education involving close to 900,000 students indicate that 7,000 uh, 37% of students do not have any appropriate device. At the same time, only 6% to 9% of students on a personal computer or a tablet. For a smooth and effective e-learning process, good internet connection is required. In 2019, the fixed broadband penetration rate which provides faster and more reliable connectivity was only approximately 8% for 100 people and the slowing internet speed and undermining connectivity in the country have influenced education or learning among Malaysian students. Besides, if the students come from less privileged background, in particular, they will suffer even more. Their challenges include the lack of resources such as a computer to work, internet access, and a quiet space to study. But when students have to move back to study from home, they no longer enjoy these facilities that would be provided by school. When at home, some students may also be distracted by family responsibilities. On the other hand, how COVID-19 influenced undergraduates? The quality of teaching will definitely be impacted by and large, most private and public tertiary education institutions in Malaysia have relied on face-to-face lectures and tutorials so tutorials are especially important for students as this is the time for smaller group of students to discuss their lecture to debate ideas and to present their works and it is also the time when lecture can probably evaluate the students performance class participation usually constitute a small components in the overall evaluation of students so next for students and um, in the science stream online class simply cannot replace face-to-face teaching not help in their research. This is because experiments and research of science students are mostly done in the labs. All the necessary equipment or tools can only be found in the labs. Luckily, due to the school reopenings, students are allowed to go back and study at school. This more or less has solved students' problems, especially those from less privileged families. However, there are some precautions should, be school, should the school be packing to prevent COVID-19 from spreading which include physical distancing and hygiene practice. So, Teacher Punita, after I share the challenges or issues in implementing virtual learning in Malaysia, would you like to share your experience when you conduct the online class with your students during the MCO periods and what have you done to solve this problem? Okay.
2: So personally, I had a miserable time during the online classes uh, because my students, they gave less commitment, Uh, even uh, like those bright students or those in the very front classes, they tend to, you know, uh, attend very less. Uh, so some of the reasons they gave me uh, were poor connect, <clears throat> poor connection. Uh, they don't have uh, proper access uh, to the Zoom or Google Meet, and some said that they have siblings, you know, who are using the gadgets at the same time. Uh, so all these are, uh, you know, um, some of the excuses were given to me by my students. So uh, what I did uh, first, I, I actually called. My students personally, I actually like you know uh, talk to them, explain to them why is it important for them to you know uh, keep uh, continue studying uh, despite you know being uh, in a, in the MCO time. And also, um, I, if if I didn't see any changes in them, then I called or I, I texted their parents. I just uh, let them know that. Um, the attendance are getting very poor lately and some uh, some parents yeah some parents they actually replied me and they actually spoke to their kids and then I could see some improvement but some parents they didn't bother to even reply my messages Uh, so when in that sense then I actually approach uh, their peers so what I do is that um, I actually will ask their friends to uh, take a screenshot of Uh, my lessons then i would ask them to whatsapp to their friends personally because it seems that all my students they are very active in whatsapp just that when it comes to like google classroom or google meet you know they are having hard time so usually you know i would ask them to take a picture of the you know lessons and everything i'll ask them to uh, forward to their friends so that uh, they can complete it so this is what i did uh during the mcu
1: Okay, thank you, teacher, for sharing. Um, okay. Lee, would you like to share your experience when joining online class?
0: Personally, I really hated online classes. <laughs> so, from day one, when, when, when they announced that uh, every educational institution will be closed, and then students will be, uh, the classes will be conducted online, of course yes we were happy initially because you know we get to go back home we get to be in the comforts of our bed having good food and then just attend classes via online platforms but then two weeks into online classes we really regretted what we were enjoying what we were saying about you know having online classes seems fun and stuff so yeah among the among the main problems that we faced was bad connectivity of course uh the internet itself, even even in my place in Myapur, there are like certain places in the house which has bad, bad connection. So sometimes in my study room, when I'm, when I'm accessing the Google Meet or Zoom to enter into my class, sometimes it just gets cut off in the middle of the class itself or even worse during online assessment for example during our exams during our quiz or test it gets cut off in the middle of the test and what happens at the end of the day I get zero for my quiz so it is quite frustrating that we have to go through this but yeah since since university students they are kind of it is compulsory for us to attend all these online classes so we had no chance but to endure the whole thing throughout the semester so what I felt was, yeah, I really appreciated the, you know, I, I really appreciated face-to-face classes because, you know, in in a face-to-face class, you basically, you get to meet with your friends. That's number one, of course, very fun to be in the class with your friends. Number two is about your lecturers. You have your lecturers in front of you and you can ask them uh, in the classes any doubts that you have. When you are in an online class, it's quite hard for you to be able to... You know get your lecturers to ask them questions because you know in the the online meeting itself it's very hard and then other than that uh, the after hours you can't really intrude into the privacy of your lecturers to go ask them doubts during the after hours so i guess yeah this online this online this whole virtual learning system is a bit it puts us in a huge disadvantage but i guess you know since we are facing this whole pandemic situation i guess It is a change that we need to embrace and we need to, you know, we need to seek some improvement together to make this whole online learning experience better. So I I really hope for the next semester, maybe we could be, even though, yeah, even though we have to still go through this whole online learning experience, but I hope it will be be much more better compared to the previous semester. Uh, I really don't want to go through any of those, you know frustration, the tantrums that I have to throw because you know losing internet connection in the midst of your test is really really disappointing and makes me go really mad. so I hope all those never repeat, and I really don't want to them to repeat again because you know I really can't take it anymore so I guess you know it's a it's an experience of course it is a it is a new experience, but I hope this is an experience which matures us to show that, okay, this is something new that we need to embrace. So let's just work, uh, let's just put together our effort to see how much we can improve this whole online uh, online virtual learning experience in the future. Because, you know, who knows in the future, everything will be done virtually. Students will never be needed to go to schools. So everything will be done via an online platform. So. Yeah, maybe this is something, maybe this is an opportunity for us to test that possibility. So I hope, you know, I hope this goes well in the future. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it for my experience experiences uh, going through this whole virtual learning experience.
1: Okay. Thank you, Dee, for sharing. So we will go to the last question. So the last question is, how far has the government of Malaysia contribute to education nowadays? So, Teacher Punita, would you like to share first?
2: Okay. Um, personally, I think that our Ministry of Education is doing a great job when it comes to our education system. Uh, because then and now, our Ministry of Education actually doing lots of uh, reforms in our education system. And um, apart from that, <coughs> they also... Um, uh, conducting lots of field studies, uh, you know, uh, uh, field studies that are related to, you know, primary schools or secondary schools or syllabus, uh, just to identify the downsides in our education system. And then they are making lots of improvements. Um, meanwhile, uh, f- when it comes to school, uh, we are getting uh, plenty of uh, fundings uh, from our ministry. Uh, so we are using these fundings to actually um, improve our infrastructure and also to provide um, a convenient learning environment for our students. Um, and then uh, for for us, for the teachers, uh, we always uh, you know have to join like uh, workshops, uh, PLCs, and also now we are having this online uh online co- uh, courses going on uh, so all these are actually uh initiatives that has been brought by our ministry of education uh, so they really wanted to deliver the best uh, to the students so even the teachers i you know uh, we need to uh learn throughout you know uh, our, uh throughout our life so that we can actually deliver the best knowledge to our students and then uh, when it's come to students um, now they are having these online co-curricular activities going on because uh since we are in the emco so the students you know they can't uh, travel or they can't go to other schools to compete. So we have these online curricular activities going on. So still students are you know participating in uh, like writing competition, poetry competition, and so on. So somehow you know they are uh, making sure that uh, the interest in students you know uh, will not fade away. You know they are they are doing some initiatives there to make sure students are really enjoying their schooling life. So I would say that our government is actually doing a great job uh, to ensure we are getting uh, the best quality education. Thank you.
1: Thank you, teacher, for carrying. I do agree. So how about D? I
0: I guess if I were to evaluate how much the government has been contributing. I guess the government had been contributing throughout the years because yeah, of course, they, they, do, they do, you know, have a lot of concern about the level of our education that we have in Asia. I guess the reforms that we had in the recent years, especially the government, is much, uh, giving much more focus in fields such as the STEM field, you know, the vocational field about giving, pumping in more monies for these types of schools to actually, you know, to actually promote and gain in more admission you know, for those who can't thrive in a normal or a conventional education method, maybe they can go for all this, you know, vocational uh, schools and stuff. And I think uh, for tertiary level, I think the government is also doing a lot, especially throughout this pandemic, they did, you know, they did, uh, they did offered a lot of collaborations with companies, with GLCs to provide students You know who are quite underprivileged especially in affording data and internet you know uh, i think you guys can you guys are familiar with the yes 4g education plan where they provided 40 gigs of data for students who applied for it and personally i've been using it as well Uh, so i guess i guess the government is actually taking care they are quite concerned about the level of education but in my personal opinion it's more about i the reforms that they are bringing in is there, but there is a huge gap. The social disparity between those who are privileged, but I think in terms of the, the basic stuff, the necessities that every student are supposed to be enjoying is needing uh, more attention compared to this, you know, this whole reformation of the educational institution. So I hope this is something that we can take care of as soon as possible and it is something that can be taken care of within the shortest time because because we are experiencing this whole uh, crisis of students being left out. I think it's quite real, especially having some friends who are coming up to me and then telling me that they have problems like this and that. So yeah, I guess that's my opinion on how the government of Malaysia should be doing, especially in this whole crisis. And yeah,
1: that's it. Okay. Thank you, Dee, for sharing. So it has come to the end of this sharing session. Really appreciate and thank you teacher Andy for your time and ideas. So after this sharing session, I think I have more understanding on the education system in Malaysia and also how COVID-19 impact the education system and what action was taken to solve the challenges. So how about teacher and D, would you like to share your learning point for today? So D, would you, you like to share? Again? But, uh, uh, oh uh, I think okay, okay. I mean, okay. I, I uh sorry. Hello, come again. Yeah, I, I mean uh would you like to share your learning point for
2: today? Uh, so you mean like what did I cover up for
3: today? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think is uh, teacher can share about like, uh, like in this like current situation like current at ed- education, what you want to say to like whole Malaysia like know about the current situation like education, how how we gonna to like improve our education and how we gonna like um. Get all Malaysia know about the education system more. Yeah,
2: I'm okay. Uh, if, to summarize that, um, though we are getting free education, but then I'm thinking that uh, the those who are in the rural side are still being left out. Just like uh, the the boy, Devindran, is it, uh, just like he said just now, like, uh, you know, they don't get uh, proper access to uh, Wi-Fi. They don't have proper uh, proper devices. So even when I was working in rural school, uh, they don't uh, familiarize, you know, the basic use of computer. Uh, so I'm thinking that uh, our Ministry of Education need to put... Um, more attention towards rural site though they are saying that you know uh, rural sites are you know still being um, part of the education but then then here and there they are still being left out you know uh, by these yeah. reforms so i think that uh, more field studies need to be carried out uh, which mm-hmm. are related with the rural students so that they yeah. can be part of the education system also and also um, Just to share my experience, so recently we have introduced uh, CEFR uh, in our Mm -hmm. education system. This Mm -hmm. uh, new curriculum is actually more suitable for that city students, but then if you compare to rural students, I don't Mm -hmm. think so they can actually comprehend uh, what the curriculum is trying to say. Uh, for example, even in terms of names, if um, okay, those days, you know, if you if you open up your textbook, you will see the names like uh, Ali, Ramu, Achong. But then when yeah. you open the new uh, new textbook, all you can see is like Jacob, Josephine. And even some of my rural students, when I say the names like Joseph or Jacob, they, they couldn't recognize that those are actually names. They're actually asking me, teacher, what is that? Uh, mm. So this is the another problem that we are facing now. So uh, I, I believe that when uh, the ministry is trying to um, introduce something, they should actually consider everyone. to, to mm. make sure that everyone can actually enjoy and to get the, the full benefits of education. Uh, so that is what I'm, I'm thinking of. Thank you.
3: Yeah, it's very true that we education system in Malaysia is kind of like a neglect of a bit of the rural students, like rural students couldn't get like uh, like city students uh, full access to ed- education and they frequently like facing internet connection. Like for example, for speak is open for students that have internet connection and some rural students couldn't like get to this, uh, this kind of uh, opportunity to learn. So I think that um, education, like it's kind of like hard to access to rural but then it's about like whole Malaysia to put effort like provide like internet uh, connection to the rural students or we should think of uh, like uh, many initiatives to help the rural students yeah this is what i think yeah i truly agree that a teacher point of view yeah Mm. it's very amazing uh, yeah okay So, how about
0: D? I think the effort uh, to reform our educational institution throughout Malaysia is not an effort that the ministry or the government should be doing alone because I think uh, coming uh, in the recent recent happenings, uh, the situation that is happening all over Malaysia, I get a lot of complaints from teachers saying that parents are not cooperating, like what teacher Punita said just now, that like certain parents are not cooperating at all, they are not, they're not replying to messages and stuff. I think parents should not totally, you know, totally uh, neglect and just, you know, leave it be and let their kids to, you know, absorb yeah. whatever information they mm. get from school just on their own. Because I I, I think the, the main role of a parent is to make sure that they are guided properly. Normal uh, conventional education coming from school is not enough in order to nurture a mm-hmm. uh, student into becoming a successful person. Yes. Especially, I've seen a lot of parents. You know, uh, even from a personal experience, my uh, yeah, from a personal experience, someone that I know with their kids, they are just like, okay, no need to do now this uh, this teacher's homework. It's not even important. They're not going to mark it. They're not going to look at it anyways. So it just ignore it, and then you just go and watch the kids and something like that. For me, it's quite saddening because the teacher is doing everything in whatever mm-hmm. capability that they have, doing everything for the mm-hmm. students, you know, in order to deliver good quality education for the students in the hope that actually they can actually do something at home rather than, you know, doing nothing and just watching TVs and watching dramas and stuff. But it's very saddening to see that the parents themselves are discouraging the students to do something beneficial at book. So I guess, you know, I guess uh, my message, if, it's, if my voice can be heard outside there, I hope my message is to have parents to be much more inclusive to whatever that their kids are studying. And of course, it, it doesn't mean that they need to be with their kids 24 hours a day, you know, seven days per week, you know, it's just, it, it, it maybe takes only just around 30 minutes or maybe 20 minutes uh, per day to ask your kids how you, uh, how you are doing in terms of uh, education. How, you, you know, how, mm-hmm. what are you learning and ask them. Just simple questions like that would too. And, you know, maybe they can have a much more active interactions with the teachers, mm-hmm. uh, asking mm-hmm. the teachers, you know, the progress of their kids. Even my parents, every, we used to have uh, my parents used to have the, the numbers of all my teachers to ask how how am I doing uh, in terms of my academic. I get so uh, for me for me then it was quite scary because you know uh, I I'm mm-hmm. quite I'm quite you know playful at school but now when I when I look back at it I feel like it's quite I, I'm quite grateful that I have parents like that because they are they really care about my academic a lot and I guess mm-hmm. that keeps me intact throughout the days when I was in primary and secondary school. So I guess it, you don't, parents don't need to actually be that strict. It's not that mm. you, you're asking the parents to be strict, but they, they just need to be much more concerned and you know, much mm. more curious about what their kids are doing at school and what their kids are doing at home, you know, throughout this online learning experience. So I guess we shouldn't just lay the whole burden on the ministry and then just blame the ministry. Oh, you are not doing that, you are not doing this for us. I think that is very foolish to do because it is not their responsibility to make your kids smart. I think if you want your kids to be successful, you have to take in, you have to be part of the effort as well. And of course, I guess, I guess this is the main message to, to parents, especially to be much more concerning about the future of their kids. Even if, 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 if mm-hmm. they know that their kids are not going to fare well in conventional education, mm-hmm. that is when you have to take other initiatives as well to look at the, yeah. the talents of your kids, maybe how you can nurture. So I guess this is, this is how we should progress forward into a much more developed nation because we shouldn't yeah. see conventional education as the only way of being successful in the society. There are tons of other kids you know, who succeed who are very, you know, good in music, good at football and stuff. So I guess parents should be much more broad minded. They should open their, you know, they should open up their horizon to see the bigger alternatives, the bigger variety of opportunities out mm-hmm. there. So I guess yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that is my only message to Malaysians like, out there. Yeah, uh, it's qu- oh yeah,
3: it's quite it's quite true that we cannot like put all the effort to the measure and we ourselves should really take responsible on ourselves like education like even parents they should really take care of their children's education because i see that some children like not really interested and then their parents is very busy of work and then they didn't really care about their children education at some point but just like putting children stress about like going tuition for like for example students, uh, they don't uh, really quite uh, understand mathematics or anything they just uh advise the uh their children to go to it's kind of like like you didn't understand uh, the situation like facing uh, by just the, by their by their child, but they just like keep them going for tuition, tuition, and then I think it's quite stressful for children. Uh, if let's say they are not in- interested, but then I think parents should really listen to children's uh, what they what they want to achieve and what they want to pursue. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest support is from parents to really support their children for future their education. Yeah. Because, uh like, uh, like I think, um, most of the children like don't really want to go for higher education, especially for males, but then, um, more female like go for higher education and go for uni and go for, uh, doctor or go for profes- professional degree like that. But then I think this is the situation like like we can see that the Malaysia is facing a uh, like female is more towards like going a uh, higher education than males. Yeah. So I think this situation should 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 Malaysia take note uh, yeah, for males we need to encourage more males to study. Yeah. I think, yeah, this is what I think. Uh, mm. But then I'm very uh, very grateful and very amazed from uh DJ Bunita and D sharing is quite an amazing point and amazing aware of uh Malaysian education and really can spread towards the whole uh, Malaysia to know uh what is your point of view of uh, Malaysia education. Yeah. I think this, uh, the end of this podcast is very great that, uh, we have you, uh, we have you guys to, uh, in this podcast and it's very grateful that, uh, you guys are really, um, share your opinion about, uh, about education in Malaysia. Yeah. It's very grateful. Yeah. So, thank you for Teacher Punita and also Dee. Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you teacher thank you. and thank you Dee. It's quite uh, amazing, yeah. I hope that you guys
1: enjoy in this sharing session. Uh, it is great to have this conversation and insightful opinions from Teacher Punita and also Dee. So anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed it and do let us know about it and love to hear your comment and feedback. Thank you and bye-bye.
0: If you like our podcast, please help us to share with people around you. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at Speak Up Malaysia where we share how we are working towards quality education in Malaysia. See you next time.